to Strictly Hockey. I am Jacob Brown, joined by CJ Yuri, and today we're going to go over the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs and go into the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. One of us is very, very happy. One of us is not. And uh, we're going to start off with the person who's not happy today. Uh, and a lot of people aren't. I mean, you, you look at this bracket right now, and the favorites, not only were they favorites, but they're favorites with humongous fan bases. And so it's it's a very unprecedented time in the Stanley Cup playoffs this year where you're just seeing teams that in years past, you're just like, uh, no one's going to beat them. Oh, they're going to get past this. And they're just dropping. Uh, and it's been pretty remarkable. I mean, from your perspective, CJ, first of all, how you doing? And second of all, I mean, this is crazy, the playoffs. No, I'm doing all right. The playoffs this year are absolutely nuts. Um, it's it's great to just see different markets uh, getting getting uh, their glory, getting the time on TV, um, getting talked about, and uh, different players getting the limelight. Like that's what the league needs. That's what uh, the rest of the fan bases need. I mean, we see the same shit every year. It's the same teams: the Penguins, the Bruins, the Capitals, the Blues. Um, you know, for a while there, the Blackhawks haven't been good for a while, but you yeah, know, Colorado it's, it's, every year. Yeah. Colorado. It's good to see something different. So I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm welcoming the change. Yeah. Same. I mean, it, it's been, uh, well, not all the way same for me. And I guess we'll get into that series first. The New York Rangers dropped a seven game series to the New, Jer- New Jersey Devils in the first round of the playoffs after leading 2-0 in the series. They went back home, lost both at home. Then they lost again at, uh, excuse me, they lost on the road again. I think that's how it went. And then game six, they won at home. Game seven, they lost on the road. So as a Ranger fan, I look at the series, you know, going into the playoffs, coming out of the trade deadline, the fan base has never been more juiced up, ever. Uh, You get Patrick Kane, you get Vladimir Tarasenko, you have the defending Vezina trophy winner, you have Panarin and Sabanajad with 90 plus points, Adam Fox, one of the highest producing defensemen in the league. This team was supposed to win. Not only that, but the kid line, which has not developed up to par maybe, but they were all 40 points or more. And from a third line, how many lines in the third, uh, how many teams have a third line where all of them are 40 points? Not a lot. Uh, Even though they should be better, all three of them, it's still decent for a third line. It completes the four line roster that you have. Um, and, And so you looked at the roster going in, it was like this team is supposed to go far. At, at the very least, go to where they went last year, which was the Eastern Conference Final, where they lost to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, this was embarrassing for the Rangers, number one. Number two, the Devils are supposed to be your little brother. Last year at this time, we were better than them. We bitched on them. They were our little brother, and you are not supposed to lose to them the second that they gain relevance. That is not good if you're the New York Rangers. You're an original six team, that has had to watch the New York Islanders win more championships than you in the last 50, 60 years, and you just failed again. And it's not even hyperbole. I mean, my father is a 56-year-old man that's seen one Stanley Cup. It's pitiful at this point, and you stack up a roster to this level, and you can't get out of a round? I I mean, and, you know, people are saying on Twitter, oh, it's a little too drastic maybe to say trade Panarin, trade this. Why? Panarin didn't do anything. And people are saying, you know, you can't trade Panarin or buy him out because if you buy him out, it's a 666000 cap hit. That doesn't even pay for a minimum contract player, so it has to be a trade. Who even wants him? He's five foot eleven. He gets smushed in the boards. He had no space in the playoffs. Regular season, he's great. He wows you every single night. 
That is not going to happen in the playoffs. He has proven that three straight years. Mika, what do you say about him? You know, he comes in the series. They move him off the left dot on the power. Can you even blame him for the lack of production? So I could go on forever here, but ultimately it's not the most disappointing loss of all the playoffs. Obviously that's Boston, but the Rangers, I think are close to here because at least with the lightning, they have their championships, at least with the abs, they have them, the pens, the caps, they all had their rings. The Rangers don't, and they failed again. And it was just very disappointing. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm a bit shocked at the way that the, I thought the Rangers were a total lock for that series. I was telling my friends, Put as much money as you want down on the Rangers series price. I was betting them hard. I bet them hard for the first two games. That obviously panned out. I kind of took a little bit of a break from the series. I felt like, you know, the Devils aren't going to lose three in a row. They're a good enough team. And I'm like, you know, when if are they ever going to debut Luke Hughes in the series? Like, you know, what's happening here? And, you know, the Devils are stuck to their guns, honestly. Like, I genuinely <laughs> applaud them. Like, they stuck to their guns. And a lot of it reminded me of the Florida Panthers and their series. Like, they didn't make any drastic changes. I mean, you know, I don't. Other than goalie, they they went with uh, Schmid and goal. Over Same Manchester. with the Panthers. Lion to Bob, Bob to Lion, Lion to Bob. You know, whatever it ends up being, and you know, I, you know, it's those types of things that, you know, they made the right uh, adjustments, and you know, I just I, I have to give credit to them. They're a young team, and and they they did the. They did something that I don't think a lot of people expected them to do. I think a lot of people took the Rangers and were like, you know, that this is a learning year for the Devils and. Next thing you know, the Rangers are up 2-0 in the series. Everybody's like, this is what we were saying. But, the, you know, the Devils just look really bad. And then, you know, the rest is history. Yeah. I mean, and, and that, that's the thing. And that's the most concerning thing is that the Devils stuck to their guns. And that's why they won. Because all they had to do was outskate the Rangers and keep doing it and doing it and doing it. And eventually, you're going to wear them down. And that's yeah, exactly what the happened. Beat. Devils were constantly buzzing and moving their feet in those last three games of the series, and I just didn't feel that way about all four lines of the Rangers. And the Panthers dealt at the beginning of the series against the Bruins. They dealt a lot with it. They dealt a lot with Barkov. I felt like he was gliding around. Same with Panarin. I watched Panarin, and I watch you know even Zibanejad. I'm just watching. I'm like. The guys that you need, the spark, even if they don't score, but like an electric play that makes the a chance. Defense, yeah, that makes the goalie and the defense like think to themselves, like, shit, they can score at any moment. Like, you know, that's what you need. Like, I'm like, you know, I, I tweet a lot about players that can impact the game in a way that isn't just scoring and hitting is one thing. I talk all the time get in the scrum and hit, yell on the bench. But I will say, just being a dangerous player out there playing with this edge where it's like, you know, I might not score, but I'm going to make you think like I'm going to score. Right. And that's what you pay Panarin to do. Like, you know, you don't pay Panarin to hit. You don't pay Panarin to back check. You don't pay him to even four check crazy. You pay him to make the other team respect the hell out of it. And he didn't make, he didn't make the devils do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's that series. We got to talk about Boston. First of all, uh, Adam Kufferman, he's been on strictly hockey before he, all he wanted to say, if he was on here tonight, he couldn't make it, but he just wanted to bash the Bruins. We'll, we'll put that out there. I'm sure most people do. Um, listen, from you, th- th- I just want to say this outside of Panther everything, because this is no – I'm not trying to diss the Panthers in any way. The Boston Bruins, I mean, is this not the biggest choke ever? It's not because they lost to the Panthers. It's because of the season that they had. Best season ever regular season-wise – 
everything on the line in terms of these retired or on the borderline of retiring players and they lose after being up three games to one, that's a choke and a half. Not because the Panthers are bad or, oh, well, you lost to the eight seed. <laughs> I'm not saying it from that standpoint, but from who the Bruins were. No, I would I, I would combine those factors. Oh, into, okay. In all honesty, the Panthers yeah. were an eight seed. They were bad this year. They have Mark Stahl. Oh, they have Mark <laughs> Stahl playing 17-plus minutes a night. Like – Dude, this is a monumental upset, and especially the circumstances, up three to one. Yeah. yeah. Like, what exactly are we doing here? Like, I, I – you you continue. I mean, I have a lot to say, and it's mo- mainly the Bruins side. I'm not going to even pump the Panthers' tires too much. I, but you, you continue with what you were saying in the intro to this series. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, it, it, I guess, yeah. I mean, you agree with me. I mean, you, you combine those factors mm-hmm. and everything like that, but – it, you know, we we talked about it privately for a long time. Like, you know, this has been a subject on these pods for a while of, you know, when are these old cores going to kind of go away? And we talked about Boston, Philadelphia, not well, Philly at the time. Actually, we did talk about that. And then Pittsburgh and Washington. Those were the four that all of us were talking about at the time. When are they going to go away? Well, this year we got close, Penguins and Capitals. And now the Bruins, they get in there. And even with the season they had, they're still out. They, they're probably never going to get back here. But the but what we always talked about on those pods was the Bruins have won Stanley Cup victory in that whole era of all these amazing players that have played with this team. This isn't just this year. This is a story of 10-plus years. Yeah, well, so let's talk about that too, right? Let's go back in time. We said – Capitals, Penguins, Bruins, those East teams that have dominated for years. And, I mean, the Caps got a cup. They got one cup. But, again, they were a playoff fixture. They went around, lose. Went around, lose. But, again, you didn't want to play them, right? Same with the Penguins, but the Penguins won, like, four cups. Three three or four cups, right, with their core. Bruins won cup, but you never wanted to play against them. So, we said that those teams would fall off. Now, we were incredibly wrong about the Bruins. The Bruins had a monumental historic season, regular season. But the Penguins right? They fell off drastically. They were not good, right? The, the Panthers gave them every chance to make the playoffs, and they didn't, right? Yeah. And the Islanders, too. I mean, everybody stumbled down the road, and then the Penguins just kept losing. Capitals, they fire sailed at the deadline. Um, they look like they want to go into rebuild. So we got those two, but the Bruins, we were very wrong on. Now, I watched the Bruins this series, dude. <clears throat> I don't know what to say. I, I, I really don't know what to say. They played great. It wasn't like one team didn't play well. Yeah. They played great. It was just, I just feel like one man willed this series, and it was Matthew Tuchuk. I don't know about you. I just feel like the, the star power on the Bruins was literally all Todd Ber- or, or Tyler Bertuzzi. Tyler Bertuzzi was in Taylor Hall. They came to play. I didn't feel much from Marchand. I didn't. I didn't. I mean, Bergeron made his present felt when he came back, but I wasn't sitting there saying like, well, you know, McAvoy, the first three games of the series, I was like, fucking A, man, this guy's nuts. This guy's crazy yeah, good. Man. Then he cooled off, and everybody was like, yeah, it's McAvoy. I don't really care. Lindholm, that guy just made mistakes left and right. Like, I, I don't know. Like, the Bruins didn't play bad. The, they they played great. The Panthers just played, like, just a little bit better, and it was just crazy. It was just a, it felt like the Panthers were just more of a team performance. I agree. I mean, from an outsider, you know, not – you you watch Panthers every game, and so – you know, you know who Tuchuk is. I mean, Tuchuk, you watch the game on mute in a sports bar, he pops on the screen. He just does. 
and he is a born leader. He, quite frankly, I, I texted the chat when you were really pissed off in the middle of this series about Barkov. Why not just make Tuchuk the captain? I mean, obviously it's not going to happen, but it, it, it feels like that. He is the emotional lead of the team. And uh, that is absolutely, and it's not just because of he's loud and everything like that. He, the way he skates on the ice, how forceful he is with everything that he does. Everything has a purpose. Everything is to forward the puck, to get the game moving. There's always that urgency there with Tuchuk. Uh, so th- that's totally noticeable. But uh, you're right. The Bruins didn't play badly at all. They had a complete roster. Everything was perfect about it. Um, although I did look at it, honestly, and I was like, if you really look at it, who are you scared of offensively outside of the first line? Like, I felt like we were still looking at the same Bruin team, except we were all mesmerized by the most wins ever because we always said every year, like the Bruins are just that one line and the one D pair and goalie, and that's how they run. And those three lines they replace every year. It's the same shit this year. It's just, they happen to gel way better and they got guys at the deadline to boost it up. So and then Taylor Hall was that extra X factor this year going in. But he was injured yeah. for big parts of the year. So it's not like this roster was like, oh, my God. the whole. It was just they won more for once. Yeah, no, I mean, I just thought top to bottom they didn't have any holes. They had two freaking right. great goaltenders. They had a full 6-D six, six pair where they had guys scratched that would start on any team. playoff teams, right? Yeah. Like, you just felt like the, you know, and, and, and the, the play style of the Bruins has always played tough and the, the crowd's always behind you. And you just felt like they were going to have a, a long playoff run. I mean, even if it was two, seven games in round two, I mean, I think that the, the, it was an utmost failure if you didn't reach the Stanley cup playoffs, because these guys are getting older and it just is, is what it is. But I'll say right now, the Panthers, bro, I I'm sorry that that series snapped 25 years of pain for me. That was enough to literally snap all of it. Like, I, I don't ever have these feelings of going into a game anymore of, like, we're just going to lose. We're going to find a way to lose. Instead of finding a way to lose, we just kept finding ways to win. And this was the exact opposite of historic Panthers hockey. And I have to give all the credit to Matthew, Matthew Tuchuk. I think he gave them an entirely different um, swagger in the locker room. And it just totally changed the entire franchise. And he's just – he's a man on a mission. Yeah, absolutely kudos to him. But uh, we will get to the second round and talk about the Lightning and Avs very quickly first, the two teams that were in the Stanley Cup Finals last year. Lightning are done. Finally, they are done. Three straight years going to the Cup Final, they are done. And, uh, you know, the whole year, everyone kind of wanted to say it, but they didn't want to say it because the Lightning are the Lightning, but they didn't look the same. Um, You know, they... Had the normal regular season, they always do. Their motto is always, we just want to get in. I mean, they publicly say it. Steven Stamkos says it. We don't care. You know, we just want to get in. Home or road, we'll play how we play. Um, they had to lose at some point. I mean, if you look historically, how long did the Blackhawks consistently go deep? Like, there's a t- there's a point where you're going to get eliminated in a, in a first round. Like, the Penguins, after their two consecutive Stanley Cup finals, they lost in the first round, I believe, after that. Um, and so you've had situations like that happen before, uh, the LA Kings, when they were done going on their runs, they stopped going to the playoffs. So it's happened before. Um, but the lightning just, they'll be back. Uh, their roster is, it just wasn't as deep to me. I mean, the defense was not threatening, you know, third pair, even second pair, right side. You're not, there's no shutdown guy there. Uh, you know, McDonough leaving the vet presence was gone, even though he was older and slower, Vazzy was not the same this year, though, so that could be 
interesting moving forward. He really was not the same. Uh, he, all the credit in the world to the past, and I think he can come back moving forward, but he was not the same. And uh, again, listen, the Lightning are a year older now. Uh, the players they locked up, I think, were mistakes. I mean, Nick Paul, uh, uh, Sorelli, like they didn't have great years. So maybe this dynasty might be ending. I think they'll be back in the playoffs, but uh, th- they were not a strong team, in my opinion. I mean, I, if Adam were here, he'd be shitting on me, but I don't care. Yeah, I mean, I have the same feelings. Um, I, I When it comes to the Lightning, I just feel like they've played so many games over the last few years. I feel like this roster was a little different. I mean, I feel like they were banged up. Um, there was just... Uh, um, it just wasn't the same Lightning team that had the same swagger, per se. And honestly, man, I have to say, they got an unfair shake in that series. There were a couple games that they should have won, and the Leafs got the calls. And I'm starting to feel sometimes like the the NBA style of officiating is starting to creep into the <laughs> NHL because i got to tell you, man, some of those calls really favored the Lightning. And, yeah, uh, I mean, it really favored the Leafs, and the Lightning got the crap end yeah, of the yeah. stick. As a Panthers fan, I'm happy to see the Lightning out, but like I don't want to see the Leafs at the same time. Like this was a weird, crappy series to root for. But anyway, the Leafs had to do it at some point. That was my thought. I was just like it had to happen. But yeah, it, it did. There were some penalties in there, but I totally agree with you on that. What about the Abs though? I mean, the Abs I saved for last because while they did get beat by Seattle, and you know maybe some people will laugh at that. Um, we've seen mm-hmm. it before with Vegas, so there's precedent for this. That's number one. Number two. The abs were injured, so it's like you're not even really beating the real abs. This wasn't as big of a choke to me. Yeah, I mean, they may not have be- beaten the real abs, but I still feel like the abs should have won the series. The Kale McCarr suspension was bad. I mean, that's this is just yeah. another team that's played a ton of games over the last five years, and, you know, just things come to a halt. They'll reset this offseason. They'll be back. I mean, I don't put too much stock into this. Yeah, no, I like next year, same threat level. The other teams, it's like, I don't know where they'll be next year. Them – it's like, okay, I know they'll be back. Uh, and that's because of Nathan McKinnon, Ranton, and they're not going anywhere. You know they're still going to produce. So let's move on, though. Final 10 minutes here into the second round. Let's start with the Panthers, uh, who are dropping the puck in about 25, 30 minutes versus the Leafs in Toronto. Man, uh, I think the perfect way to sum it up, and I don't have the quote in front of me, is what Matthew Tuchuk said. We just beat the best team in the NHL. Now we got to play the second best. I don't know if the Leafs are the second bet, but I understood his point. This is tough for Florida. Yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely tough for Florida. I will say, though, I think that this is the the exact matchup that, that suits a player like Alexander Barkov. Um, I think that the star players on the Leafs, they tend to sacrifice defense for offense, and that will open up Barkov's game, whereas the Bruins players, they're just their 200-feet game is so good. Yeah. So I actually think that the, this game goes, the series goes seven. I do think that the Leafs will win, but it's not going to be, be a sweep, a gentleman sweep, a six games. I think it'll go to seven games. And I think ultimately the Panthers fall in game seven, but it's, it's a great run. I mean, 14 playoff games when you thought you weren't even going to be able to play up, play a playoff game. Um, I'm excited for the series. I'm really interested to see uh, how the Leafs handle the Panthers' physicality. I mean, we're on the forecheck the entire game. Radko Gudis is going to literally make Toronto, the entire city, the entire Leafs square, have an actual meltdown. They're always screaming at the TV because Radko Gudis just plays like a total dick. And I don't think that the Leafs um, – I don't think that the Leafs necessarily have this – outside of Luke Shen, have this player that's going to just muck it up the entire series and get under your skin. I mean, bunting, I think, is – you know. 
not a guy that you'd feel as dirty, but that hit in the lightning series, three games. I mean, try to do that against the Panthers. I mean, he's just going to get absolutely jumped. So um, I will actually go out on a limb here. And I'm going to say that the X factor of this series for the Leafs is going to be Noel Achari. He played wow. for the Panthers for four years for four seasons. And he knows he's this, this organization and these, these top players outside of Matthew Chuck, of course, but the rest of the team, he knows like the back of his hand and he knows how they play. And he knows how Bobrovsky practices. And we don't have any Leafs players that have come over. And I feel like Achari is going to give them some tips. I think he knows uh, the right things to get under these guys' skin. Uh, he has, you know, he's like, you know, this is how you're, this is how you're going to shut down this guy. This is how you're going to shut down this guy. I mean, the entire roster has, is outside of Matthew Tuchuk and Mark Stahl is in, in Mahura, three, only three guys. It's, it's all guys that Achari played with. So I, yeah. I, I feel like he can be a big, big, big X factor in this series. I mean, it's no, no different than, you know, a, a, you know, a catcher goes over to, you know, a star catcher goes over to a team, you match up against the, the catcher's former team in the playoffs and the pitching staff's the same. I mean, yeah. you know, he knows their tendencies. He, he knows the things that make them tick. And I, and I, I'm not saying Atari is this world beater. I think he's a great playoff guy. But he's going to know some some inside uh, info, and I think that he could be a, a big factor. No, that's that's a good point. It's a great observation. I mean, uh, we'll see what role he plays. I mean, fourth line, scrappy guy. He's going to be in there. He's going to be on the bench talking to his guys. So we'll see what type of impact he's able to have. Um, I, I, I think the Panthers really have a chance here. I, I'm with you at least with the seven games. I don't even know who I would pick to win. Like, I, I don't even know if I can make a decision because – I look at Florida here uh, and I say they just played Boston who forechecked the hell out of them, hit them all the time, blah, blah, blah. You can go down the list. And like you said, and now it's going to free up Barkoff. You're now a going to have that free up. You're going to have space free up that you didn't have. They scored a bunch of goals against the Bruins when they didn't have that space. They created space. They, they basically, I mean, exposed the best goalie in the NHL and now you're going from that to what? Is it still Sam Zonoff or, or Matt Murray? I mean, I, you're not fighting either of them. I can't wait to play a different goalie. Like Swain, like Olmark, the first few games of the series was a joke. Swayman was great last game. I mean, it's it, totally, I, I totally agree with your with the goalie point, and I, didn't, I totally didn't think to bring it up. And I'm going to say it now. I hate the Leafs defense. I think most of them sacrifice defense for offense. And I think that the goalies are are just average. They're freaking average. Yeah. I don't, yeah. This is the one team that's left in the playoffs, outside of the Oilers, I should say. This is the one team in the playoffs that I would give the goaltending tip to the plant, to the Panthers. With Bobrovsky in that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a <laughs> – I mean, seriously, I, the Panthers could be a real dark horse in this series. But uh, I'm not going to make you say it. So tonight at 9.30, we got Seattle cracking at Dallas Star. And by the way, this is going to air on Wednesday. So the game, these games are, game ones will, will have already happened. Uh, I like Dallas in this series. I get Seattle. They just beat Colorado, blah, blah, blah. Ottinger is legit. He shut down the wild, period, when he got in his groove. When, when, I mean, when he's on, he's on. So I, I don't see really many threats. On Seattle, Minnesota, they're not their offense isn't great either. And Ottinger struggled early, certainly. But like I said, once he hit his groove, he was great. Dallas has home ice. I, I like Dallas in the series. The one thing yep. I will say about Dallas, I hate teams with double digit 
OT losses and they had like 14. Yeah. So I, um, yeah, no, I, that, that is a bad stat, but I will say I, I, Ottinger is so good. He's so, so, so good. And I think the stars play this brand of hockey that is a bit boring at first. And then as you know, as the, you know, actually it's exciting at first and then they could really slow it down. Like they're really good playing with a lead. So I feel like the key to the Kraken is to get that first goal. Now you're not going to get that first goal the rest of the, every game of the series, but right. you need to like we will know how the Kraken will fare in the series when they've get when they've conceded the first goal and how will they respond? Whether it's game yeah. one, whether it's game two, I don't know. One of those games they'll concede the first goal and then we'll see how they go. Grubauer looked great. He's playing with a chip on his shoulder. He <laughs> went. To, he got to play against Colorado, his old team that didn't want him anymore, that that didn't protect him in the expansion draft, and he goes to Seattle and he got a win against the former team that didn't want him. And that he right there could be the X factor of this series. It's Grubauer. Cause you know what you're going to get from Ottinger. I mean, he might let in like a squeaky one here and there, but like, dude, it's going to take a lot to beat, uh, to beat Ottinger. Whereas Grubauer, you have this feeling of Grubauer where he's just, he's playing lights out right now. And that gives a whole defense. That gives a whole team, a ton of, of confidence that you might not get beat. So, I like the stars and six. I think it's a great um, playoff uh, uh, start to the Seattle Kraken organization. Yeah. Um, but I like this. I like Dallas and six, and I think they go to the conference finals. Wow. Good for Dallas. And, and listen, that's the other thing with Dallas. We forget they did go to the cup final in uh, the COVID year. So like they have uh, some of those guys still there. They have a lot of great young players. So, you know, Robertson and those guys. So, uh, then another series. These are the games that will be airing the day this podcast airs. So tonight at seven o'clock, New Jersey at Carolina. Uh, I'm in North Carolina right now. I will tell you this, CJ. You might laugh because uh, you know we always make fun of their arena. Nobody gives a shit about the Carolina Hurricanes in Western North Carolina. I like. I'm near the border of South Carolina, kind of like an hour and a half away from Tennessee, hour away from Charlotte. I don't see Hurricanes flags, Hurricane signs. It's not on the TVs. Nowhere. Nobody gives a shit. And they're missing a bunch of their players. It was the same thing last year, by the way. When the Rangers played them, I was like, ooh, I bet I'll get some shit talk. Nobody. Nobody cares, at least in this area of North Carolina. Uh, at New Jersey, though, even if Carolina was healthy, <laughs> they are good right now. Uh, they are fast. Uh, Carolina, I think, that they, they, they just are – they choke in the playoffs. Uh, I'm never threatened by them. I wasn't threatened by them as a Ranger fan last year. I think they're out. I don't know how many games. They're too injured. New Jersey's quicker. And like I said, I mean, you know, they they struggle to fill up the arena in playoff time. Yeah, I mean, dude, I I, I think the Carolina Hurricanes suffer a bit from from. I think that Carolina as the uh, the Carolinas as the years go by, they're becoming more and more of a destination state for people to settle down, retire, and leave a lot of their big cities that they grew up and lived in. So mm-hmm. I think they're a bit of a victim of that. And I mean, you know, Panthers now kind of have this rabid fan base where no matter who comes to town, they're they're pretty you know it's a really good crowd. But that took. You know, it's taken three straight years of playoffs. It's taken star players coming in. Whereas I think the Hurricanes have a great fan base, but it, they have a niche fan base that's very local, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm not so, trying to yeah, like Kirk. Yeah, King no. So like they're, they're good for you. They'll, they'll fill up the arena, and that's not going to be a problem. But I, I will say, I cannot stand watching the Hurricanes. They are so boring. They're just like the elevated version of the Islanders. That's all they are. Like that series was so boring. Two to ones, all this crap. 
and you know you get this series that comes around you're like jesus christ and everybody said it that it was going to be a boring series it was it was super boring uh nobody has a bona fide goal scorer nobody has the star player that everybody wants to watch and i think that the devils are yeah like you said quicker can score in different ways um goaltending they have it too uh schmid looked great last night and I just believe the Devils, I think the Devils win. I think the Hurricanes fall short. And then the, I think the Hurricanes really need to look at themselves as an organization. Like, yeah, we'll make the playoffs every year, but how? what's the, our ceiling? Is our ceiling round two every year? Because I think it is because they don't have that goal score. And I know they didn't have yeah. Shvechnikov. Shvechnikov's changes a, a decent amount for them. But yeah, they didn't have Pacioretty the whole year. Um, no patches, no Shvechnikov. Teravainen is older, so Teravainen is is you know that's another guy. Yeah, but you know I'm just I'm just you sit there and you go you know the Panthers have. Well, I look at the Panthers. I'm like Reinhardt over thirty goals scored. Duke, if he was healthy the whole year, probably over thirty goals scored. He was over thirty goals scored last year. You got Carter Verhage over forty goals, Tuchuk over forty goals, and Barkov at thirty goals. Like you know, like sure the Carolina Hurricanes played this like really hard to play against style of play, but like when it comes to Putting the puck in the net, I don't trust them at all. I do trust the Devils. The Devils will score. They will find a way to score. And, you know, when you need when you need to look in the barrel and pick out somebody that can score some goals, the Devils have a plethora of those guys, whereas I don't feel like the Hurricanes have that. Where the Hurricanes can win this series is making it a muck-it-up, dirty game. And I also just don't feel like the Hurricanes are dirty either. They're, they're not like a – they're physical, but it's not like a physical that's dirty that gets under your skin. They just finish yeah. their checks. You know what I mean? Right. So Jesper Faust hitting you. I like the dev- I like the Devils here. I find that the Islander series was very anticlimactic for the um, for the Devils. Uh, or sorry, for the Hurricanes. Uh, the series ended in six, whereas I feel like the Devils are riding a high right now. I'd like them to win the first game of the series. Um, and yeah, I think that that's how it, I think that's how it's going to go. So, okay. Uh, and then last series we got Edmonton and Vegas. This, this has a lot riding on it. I mean, this has maybe career decisions riding on it for McDavid, Dreisaitl and, and company. Um, I, this is another series. I don't even know if I can give a winner. Edmonton's in a similar situation to where the Rangers were, but less so because they didn't get like a, superstar but they went out and they got Matthias Ekholm who for this team that was my favorite trade of the deadline they needed a veteran stay-at-home defenseman that knows what he's doing back there that's not focused on off that was a great trade um I think their offense is boosted up right now Nugent Hopkins had an amazing year and he stayed healthy um Evander Kane's back I I uh what's his name uh the Hyman Hyman was great this year so they feel like this year like they got to do it the shaky thing is Stuart Skinner. I look at Vegas. Is Thompson back, by the way? Um, I don't know. I, I forget who was goalie for them in that series. Um, I You know what, dude? It is so funny you say that. I have watched the Stanley Cup playoffs with my friends a few times, and the Vegas Golden Knights been on TV. And you know me I, and you. We watch the NHL every night. We follow it yeah. very closely. And I'm, I'm still at a loss for yeah, Ooh, the freak. <laughs> no, I know it, it was uh, it was Brassois. Brassois, yeah, you know. So I do think that I I think that uh, the goaltending here is going to be a factor in the fact that who can just be under. Who can who can hit their you know who who can stop, 
Oh, geez, I'm like fumbling my words here. Who can cap it at three goals a game? Yeah, like if you can give if, if you can if you can stay up at three point goals a goals a game average in this series, you're going to win the series because both teams are going to score. The Oilers defense I don't like, but here's what I do like about the 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 Knights. They went up to Winnipeg, and I thought Winnipeg was a damn good team. Okay, Winnipeg to Vegas. It's not. I I I. You know what? Now that we're on it. Hold on. I'm going to look up Winnipeg to, to to Vegas flight time. Winnipeg to Vegas flight time. Okay. Three and a half hours, right? So now let's go to Edmonton to Vegas, right? Three and a half hours, or actually less than that, okay? So I look at this and I'm like, the Vegas is, I mean, yeah, McDavid and, and Drysaddle are on the other team, but I feel like the Vegas Gold Knights, this was the perfect team for them to play prior to the Oilers. You go, the, the Winnipeg Jets arena is rabid. That whiteout is craziness, okay? It is absolutely nuts. Canadian fans are crazy. Canadian media is crazy, and they already went through that. Now they got to go do it again. Now, obviously, this is heightened. You play against McDavid, and you play against, um, you play against uh, Dryset. Guess who yeah. they played against last series? Connor Hellebuck. And he is one of the best goalies in the league. He's got to be a top three goalie in this league. Yeah, right? yeah. Best American goalie in the league. Guy's crazy. He's amazing. And you played against a team that's got Shifley and Wheeler. I mean, they've got uh, they've got the you know the, the star power there. So I sit yeah. there and I go, you know what, man? All signs point for an Oilers run to the cup. But I'm thinking Vegas has a real – they have a chance to win this series. And I think that they could win this series in six. Do you like – do you think Vegas is better than, than uh, L.A.? Yeah. Okay. L.A. gave the Oilers absolute fits. I think yeah. L.A. should have won that series. They were up 3-0 in a game to take the series to 3-1, I think. Yeah. 3-1. So I think the Oilers are too leaky on the back end. I don't like the goaltending. You can only get so much from uh, from McDavid. And now what does McDavid have to play across from him? Mark Stone, Jack Eichel. The list goes on. I actually like Vegas in seven. And I think the Oilers will have a problem on their hands. They will have a problem on their hands. McDavid will not waste his career. He already looks upset. All the time he looks upset. I like Vegas in seven games here. Bring it on. Vegas to the next round. I love it. Wow. Yeah, you know, that... that that convinced me, dude. I mean, it makes it, it makes sense because you just beat Connor Hellebuck. Uh, I mean, he had he came back this year. This wasn't Hellebuck from last year. He came back. That's impressive. Now, the one thing about Winnipeg is their coach after the game. I don't know if you saw it. He blasted the shit out of the court. Uh, yeah. Basically, yeah, I, I, and then you saw Blake Wheeler come right back to the media and say, "I don't like the way he handled that. That was dumb. You should have addressed it in the locker room." Which tells me that the coach was just trying to save his ass. And yeah, like great point that was brought up in the series. You're not going to see that with the Oilers. The Oilers are going to give effort the entire night. It's the problem is how many times you watch the Oilers and you go, "You can just tell this team has put all of their money into two players because or three yeah. players because Darnell Nurse is getting paid nine and a half. So three players, and they could they really need to address elsewhere. And sorry to cut you off. One last thing I want to say here. Holy shit, dude! Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I want to give you a. a I'm gonna give you a golf clap here because, bro, I had no idea that he had over 100 points this year. Whoa, he had 105 regular season points, 
and he was a top pick in the draft, and he never really panned out there. He was supposed to be a huge – I mean, it's not that he didn't pan out. I mean, he's a franchise player. He's going to stay there his whole career. He has over 600 points, but he wasn't like this prolific guy that was going to elevate the franchise. This year, he gets over 100 points, uh, 104 points uh, on the season, or I think it's 105. 104 or 105, either or. Dude, that's sick. Like, like, good for you. Like, yeah. like, honestly, I was shocked. When I saw that this year, I was shocked. That is shot. I mean, he stayed healthy. That's the thing. Like that, it's that was true. for him. I mean, I had him in fantasy last year. He get me a bunch of points because he's great on the power play too. Yeah. Uh, and this year he's probably even more money. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Well, we got these, uh, these second round games starting very soon. Your Panthers about to take the ice for game one versus Toronto. I hope it goes well. I'd love to see Leafs fans cry, especially because they're whining already about the tickets in Florida. Do you want to say something about that before we go? And then we'll end it. Um, yeah. Uh, the Canadian media is really stupid. All of Canadian media. I'll say right now, you guys need to seriously take notes from America. Uh, the sports journalism in Canada is horrible. Uh, it's because the sports journalism in Canada, they don't listen to facts. They actually, actually, I think that there's the sports journalists are really smart there. They understand their base, right? They're like the, the, the yeah. fans are so rabid and crazy there that they'll just rile them up. Sid yep. Shashiro or whatever the hell, however the hell you say his name on Sportsnet or whatever the dominant network is up there, the ESPN of sports. Sportsnet, there, yeah. Um, he goes, uh, you know, like it's just so Bush League from an irrelevant franchise that they would do something like this, blah, blah, blah. The CEO, of the, it takes two seconds, like literally two seconds for anybody to actually look this up. The CEO of the Florida Panthers has, came out the same day and said, this is a 24-hour ban. We want Panthers fans to have first priority, and then we will open it up to the Maple Leafs. It's 24 hours. And guess what? There's not going to be a freaking game in Florida for the next four days, five days. Right. Like, give me a break, man. Give me a break. And, of course, all he riles up all the Leafs fans, and the Leafs are like, poverty, franchise, I'm irrelevant, whatever. Leafs fans are still going to show up to your arena, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so stupid. Just do a little bit of reading. It's I think Leafs fans are already able to start buying tickets because it's been 24 hours since the announcement. Sid Shishiro, he is the worst Canadian sports journalist. It is going to be a grind. I had to get through seven games of Jack Edwards and the Boston Bruins, and now I got to do a series with the Canadian media. The only good thing about this is everyone hates the Leafs, and everyone hates the Bruins. So the rest of the hockey world was for the Panthers, and they're going to be for the Panthers this series. Everybody wants to see the Maple Leafs fall. Everybody wants to see the city of Toronto just crumble into tears and that will be gold. But the problem is, is Toronto is the New York, the Boston of Canada. That is the epicenter of sports news, of everything. So you're going to get the most ridiculous takes over the next few weeks. I can guarantee you it will be five minutes into the game, and there will be somebody saying that Radko Gudis should be suspended from the National Hockey League indefinitely, and that Matthew Tuchuk is a scumbag and, and should be taken out. So I love the passion, though. It's great. Uh, the the last few Panthers playoff series, I know I'm going a little overboard here, but the last few Panthers playoff series were against the Lightning. Again, passionate fan base, and they have a winning culture there. We couldn't get past them, but they're not Toronto. They're not Boston. They're not the New York Rangers, right? And then, you know, you had the Washington Capitals. Again, passionate fan base, but they're not Boston. They're not Toronto or the right. New York Rangers, right? And then you go before that, Lightning again, and then you go before that, the New York Islanders. Now you're starting, everybody's sitting around saying, whoa, 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 whoa. The Panthers have this really nice barn. They have a great fan base. 
they've got star players there. They've got a coach that fires them up They're They play an attractive brand of hockey and it's because we're playing against teams in huge markets. Honestly, yep. no matter how the series goes, I'm praying we beat them. I would like, I'll, I'll be beside myself if the season ends, but we are playing against major brands, original six clubs. And you're and all this is showing is free agents uh, across the league. Go play for the Panthers. You get to live on the beach, play in meaningful hockey games, get to play with Matthew Tuchuk, no state income tax, beautiful barn, great fan base. Like, this is the place to be right now. And you're seeing that. Like, you had guys like Claude Giroux last year being, I want to go to Florida. Claude Giroux said he wanted to work something out in Florida, and he couldn't because of the cap. Yep. You, Matthew Tuchuk weeks later is like, get me to Florida. Yeah. I want to play with Barkov. I want to live my life, a, a great life, not in a frozen tundra. I want to live in a, in a great state like Florida, right? So this is just great for the franchise. And I and it almost sounds like I'm talking about a G, like a group of five program, like a UCF or like an FAU, going up and beating the Gators or going up and beating Michigan on the big stage. And now yeah. everybody's all of a sudden, like FAU's run to the final four. Now everybody's like, hold on, I want to go to school there. Not th- those people get to live on the beach and they get they get a top 10 ranked basketball program. Yep. Life is good. So I think that this is a huge opportunity for the organization. This season went from holy shit, the the organization is failing again to we're actually doing better than we were last year, even though last year we won the President's Cup. Um, so I, I'm I'm ecstatic as a Panthers fan. I'm loving life and having a guy like Matthew Tuchuk is like, and I'm relating it to football terms again. It's like having a Aaron Donald. It's like having a, you know, Tim Tebow. You freaking hate the guy unless he's on your team. We've never had that. We have literally never had that. And it is great. It is fantastic. It's great. And honestly, Jacob, I was beside myself that the Rangers lost last night. I wanted the Rangers to win. I wanted them to stay in. I love their colors. I love the logo. I love everything about the Rangers. And except for their fans, other than you, the fans are pretty are crazy. But that's that's what you get. That's what you get in a large market. I'm yeah. upset that that market was kicked out. I could care less for the Devils to be in this. So, yeah, that's my rant. I think that the state of the NHL is in very good hands, and I think the only thing next is for McDavid to leave the Oilers and play East Coast hockey and play on this East Coast 7 p.m. 7:30 games prime time. That is what is next for the NHL. And I so I'm yeah. telling you, man, the cap space is going to go up. These guys are going to get start to get paid more. I'm telling you, man, the NHL is in a freaking great spot. TV, yeah. TV wise, star power, everything. So that's all. That's all I got to say. Round two is going to be electric. The the original six clubs. See ya. We got new blood in here. That's right. That's right. And we will be back before the conference finals as well. We'll do another one of these and. Uh, yeah, and uh, also NFL stuff was going on. We'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll see if we can do some stuff in the future. Uh, Let's get back together um, next week. It's yeah, hockey. yeah, we got to do it. We'll do it for sure. So uh, that'll do it for this episode of Strictly Hockey for CJ Uri. I'm Jacob Brown, and go Panthers tonight. We'll see you next week. See you.